we begin this evening, uh, as Jim mentioned just, just a moment ago, that as uh, we finish tonight, uh, if there's any other men that have their uh, topics ready that they would like to speak on, uh, we're ready for, for you to let us know. You know, if I were to ask you this evening to name all the types of power you could think of, we would probably be here half the class just trying to remember what all type powers there are. I, I wrote down just a few in just a, uh, just a few minutes. You know, probably the very first was manpower. Then we always are reminded of horsepower, solar power, nuclear power, hydroelectric, pneumatic, geothermal. Hydraulics is something that I've always been familiar with. I know in my, one of my uh, storage boxes at work, I have a ram, probably about that big a ram that I can hook a hydraulic uh, pump to and pick up 50 tons. So that's a, that's a powerful instrument uh, for someone to be able to use. There's a lot of power in the world and of course, there's another form of power which is not uh, mechanical or anything physical like this. Do you remember probably the, uh, the thought that goes along with this? The pen is mightier than the sword. You know, there's a power in, in influence and people that uh, are able to sway others. <clears throat> the pen, people put their thoughts on the paper and, uh, and share them with others. And that, that's a powerful tool. One man, Robert Noyce, who's also been uh, nicknamed the mayor of Silicon Valley, he said once that knowledge is power, but knowledge shared is power multiplied. Now that's a, that's a good statement. Theodore Roosevelt once said, a, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. So what we want to talk about this evening is a form of power, and it is one that uh, to look at in Scripture, I want to go to Acts 4th chapter, <clears throat> verses 13 through 20. Of course, we're looking at Peter and John. They had just healed a lame man that had been lame from birth his, all of his life. <clears throat> they healed him. And then they're preaching repentance to the multitude. And the Sadducees and the guards from the temple and the priests came and uh, they apprehended them that evening. It was so late that they, they kept them overnight. And the next day they find themselves before the same tribunal that just a few weeks earlier had their master before them and condemned him. And you would think with what they had just witnessed in the death of, of Jesus that they may have cowered down before this council. That uh, they were, their knees would have been knocking and they would have been Fear, fearing for their life of what may take place knowing what happened to Jesus. But now they stand unashamed 
they're not embarrassed, and they're boldly speaking out what they want to say. The, uh, the priest and those that are interrogating them, they're just astonished. They can't understand why these two men, who are more or less ignorant, unlearned, and they're without the, the education that all the priests have, and all the scribes. And so they're asking themselves, what is it that made them so bold to stand in front of them like that? And they're so daring. They're so brave. And they came up with the same answer. They had been with Jesus. The company they had been keeping accounted for their boldness. No doubt these two servants that were standing in front of them brought to memory how their master had also stood in front of them with such boldness only a few weeks earlier. The point is there is power in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. These men had been with Jesus. Peter was a a strong fisherman. He had denied his Lord and repented. And after the resurrection, Peter was now sure. He was confident in what, what he had to do. On Pentecost, he was filled with the Spirit. John was one of the sons of thunder. Now John becomes the apostle of love. There is power in the knowledge of Christ to give us faith and determination. Tonight I want to look at five points that we can can actually receive through the knowledge of Christ. Number one, the transformation uh, of our life is a result of this knowledge. It can be made from darkness to light, from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God's dear Son, Colossians 1 at 13. Transformation can be from death to life, Ephesians 2 at verse 1. It can also be a transformation from distance to nearness. Ephesians 2 at verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have brought near, are brought near by the blood of Christ. There's two examples I want to look at that uh, shows us how this transformation occurred. One is uh, the letter Paul wrote to the Romans. Romans uh, 6, verses 16 and 18. He tells them that they were servants of sin, but what they became were servants of righteousness. And they did that by obeying the form of doctrine which came from knowledge of Christ. Romans 6, verses 3 and 4 says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, We're buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. 
Another example is found in the letter Paul wrote to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 6, at verse 9, if you'd like to follow along, we've read this many times. Beginning at verse 9, he says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So he's telling them what they were, because in the next verse he said, and such were some of you. But what they became was, following in that verse, they were washed, they were sanctified, and they were justified. And they did, they did this, uh, according to Acts 18.8, it says the Corinthians hearing, believed, and were baptized. What a difference knowing Christ made in their lives. It has lost none of its power to make the same difference in us. <clears throat> Point number two, there is power in the knowledge of Christ to overcome. Through the knowledge of Christ, the transformed life has the power to overcome temptation. Paul wrote to the Philippians 4 at verse 13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And we are also more than conquerors through Him, Romans 8 at verse 37. Thanks be unto God who causes us always to triumph in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2 at verse 14. Strength to conquer and triumph comes in the knowledge of Christ. Hebrews 4 at verse 15. Christ was tempted and overcame and He's given us a pattern for overcoming the same. We've read the account in Luke 4 of His time in the wilderness and how Satan tempted him when he was at his weakest. So Christ has shown us certain things about the devil and his tactics. Number one, Satan attacks at our weakest point. Two, he makes fascinating offers to us, just as he did Jesus. It goes all the way back to Eve and promising her that she wouldn't die. She would just be as wise as God. He dares us to tempt God. He knows how to quote Scripture. We know he quoted Psalms 91 at verse 11. Satan also wants us to serve him. That's his goal. But Jesus also showed us how to overcome. He had two powerful resources, the Spirit of God and also the Word of God. It is written was just too much for, for Satan. Since Satan is a liar, he can be defeated with truth. And we also have an unbeatable combination for victory. 
We have the inspired Word of God, Romans 8, 9 through 17. Also, we have the interceding Son, Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So how does the uh, knowledge of Scripture enable us to overcome? It promises a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10 at verse 13. It should be filed away in the heart by study, reading, and memorization. 2 Timothy 2.15 The uh, King James Version tells us to study to present ourselves. In the New King James it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved unto God, not to man, but to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or dividing aright the word of truth. When Satan tempts, we should bring these thoughts uh, to mind. We should bring to mind the promises that have been made to us, a warning or a commandment that applies to the situation. We should also pray for wisdom because Satan is subtle. As James pointed out, James 1 at verse 5. Point number three. There is power in the knowledge of Christ for discernment. It's important that God's people are able to discern between right and wrong, between truth and error, between things that are advisable and permissible, between faith and opinion, between the law and the gospel. We should be able to distinguish the things that differ. Knowledge also needs to grow. Second Peter, verse 3 at 18. For Christ also suffered once. Wrong Peter. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and, and forever. As knowledge grows, so does discernment. But how can we make decisions on great issues of life? Uh, we, to, to be able to do that, we have to have a, a knowledgeable background. The Hebrews, in Hebrews 5, verse 12 and 14, the writer says, For though this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And verse 14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Use their senses, uh, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They did not do that. Christians need to, their discernment uh, is individual. Each of us must make our own decisions and not expect someone else to make it for us. Often, 
people will ask a preacher about a situation in their family without even looking at Scripture themselves in which would give them a better, under, a better understanding and be able to remember it should they study it on their own than just asking for advice. We need to study on our own. A lot of people would rather have an easy answer than studying and learning for themselves. Number four, there is power in the knowledge of Christ to refute. Refute, you know, I, I've kind of not sure about that word, and I looked it up, and of course it's, it's to disprove error. The knowledge of Christ is militant. And I've always shied away from that word. Because everything you hear about today in the world, anytime you hear militant, that's kind of negative. And you want to stay away from people that are militant. But looking the word militant up is someone engaged in a warfare. Are we not engaged in a warfare? 2 Corinthians 10 at verse 4 talks about the knowledge being able to pull down strongholds. Paul says, for, our, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. It is also profitable to reproof and correct. It marks the divisive. Romans 16, verse 17. Christians are to contend for the faith, as James pointed, uh, I'm sorry, Jude pointed out in verse 3. Ephesians 4, verse 14 says, Be not tossed by every wind of doctrine, and also try the spirits to see if they are of God. 1 John 4 verse 1. We're also to abide in the doctrine of God. Continue in the doctrine. Uh, 2 John 9 and also 1 Timothy 4 verse 16. And as Paul told Timothy, in 2 Timothy 4 verses 1 through 4, we are to endure sound doctrine. The early Christians... revolutionized the world. Their reputation was turning the world upside down. Acts 17 at verse 6. The message preached which brought the knowledge of Christ stirred men. It also stirred cities and provinces. In Acts 19 verse 24 it stirred a certain man named Demetrius. Because it threatened his income. It also stirred the whole city of Ephesus. It struck a blow at the goddess Diana, whom all worshiped there. It stirred a whole continent. For while in Ephesus, all Asia heard the word. Acts 19, verses 8 through 10. It was revolutionary because it broke away from Judaism, it also broke away from paganism. The power of the knowledge of Christ can still turn the world upside down. You know, there's a lot of people in the world that like to read about 
the first century Christians and and discuss the the idea that you know they uh, they watched all the miracles and it was fresh on their minds what had taken place with Christ and all the apostles and the disciples all those that were healed but yet they think well that was 2000 years ago we don't see much of that anymore and the power is just not there like it was let me draw your attention to Ephesians 3 verses 1 through 4 something Paul said here for this reason I Paul the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. You know, that's a, a fault there that he wrote to the brethren at Ephesus, and do you think they were highly intelligent men that he was writing to? Or was he just not writing to congregations such as this? Average people. I believe that even though Paul had a above average understanding, of, especially of the old law, him being uh, his position in life that he was, but... Uh, also seeing Jesus, do you think that he was riding above everyone's, uh, everyone's understanding? I don't. I think the uh, Ephesians understood. And I believe that it was written to where uh, we're, not, we're just as intelligent as those in Ephesus that we should understand. What Paul is saying is, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge. Is that not what we do? when we read this letter, what is Paul saying? Is he not saying that so that you may perceive my understanding? He is. Christians are the power in the world. God's powers work through us. Ephesians 3, verse twenty. Is almost the same place we were at. He says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So if he's right, he's. Go ahead.
That's right. And and the point in is as I'm making is it's not a a group of people that's so scholarly that that we could not understand it either. You know, if they uh, yes, Tom. Well, if I, I just I feel like having all the letters written as we do, and uh, those that have researched the the Greek and translated, I, I can't believe that we can't understand it. The mystery, what Paul is talking about, which was hidden for so long, and he's making, he's opening it up to them. If they can understand it, the power, the point of this is that the power available to them is the same power available to us. Go ahead, Tom. Well, and John wrote to, did he not say, my little children? And you don't get the impression of him writing to scholarly men and addressing them, my little children. But this should be a, a, a power, the knowledge we have of Christ that changes our lives. And, has, well, has it not already made a change in our lives? Did I, uh, okay, we are workers together uh, with him, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. I was near the end, I did have one other scripture that uh, I must have bypassed. But the bottom, bottom line to this, to this lesson is... As they looked at the uh, Peter and John before this tribunal, you know, and so astonished that they they knew what they did, the question arises as we draw close to the end of this class: is when the world looks at us, do they perceive 
that we have been with Jesus. Not that we have physically been with Him, but have we studied Him enough to, to know about Him and that it shows in our lives that we make a change. Uh, one that hopefully would change those around us. I feared I would go over this time, but I wound up like I did last time, a little bit, a little bit short. Are there any other any questions this evening? Right. Something said a minute ago, I, I know a, a young man uh, that he's probably about, about 42 years old, but he is one of the, the smartest craftsmen I know of for his age. But uh, I listen to him on our little radios at, at work sometimes, and just like you took him off the farm. I mean, it's, it is so out there that you can almost can't understand what he's saying. But... He's highly intelligent, you know. Any other questions this evening? Did I answer that correct? Uh, ask that correctly, Jim? About the uh, any other men that that uh, have a lesson prepared to come forward. Okay. Uh, any of the men that were at the meeting Sunday evening, I'm not going to hold you over, but uh, I have a little bit of information for you. If if you can maybe catch me on the way out or something, I'll share it with you. I didn't hear who has closing prayer. Or would we like to...